T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Our next guest, Dusty, like yourself, was a pretty darn good college football player. Uh, folks here know him as, a, as one of Cleveland's own. University of Notre Dame alum. He's also host of the Varsity House podcast. Sean Crawford joins us now on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Sean, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Well, we're happy to have you on, man. I wish we could have you on a- another time here under different circumstances. But, you know, uh, Dustin and I have talked about his experience as a former player, kind of watching what transpired last night. So for you, as a, a, this this high level athlete, given your history, what was going through your mind last night watching the Demar Hamlin situation play out? Um, to be honest, I I was watching it live, and even just even just watching it, I thought it was one of those plays to where he maybe hit his head and he was able to stand up and maybe got a little dizzy, and then fell back down, and you know it was it was it was one of those type of things, and. Then obviously when he lay he was he continued to stay on the ground. I had obviously had no idea what it was and um you see players run over to him and things like that, but um you, it was I was like probably even just like everyone else, like even like after the third or fourth commercial break, I was still wondering what was going on and you know, finally on ESPN they said that they were, you know, giving him C P R and things like that. So kind of was able to speculate um, some different, you know, scenarios after that. But at first I thought it was honestly just him hitting his head and, um, you know, standing back up, although he was maybe dizzy and then fell back down to the ground and they were just trying to just like get him to come together. But obviously now we know that that was more serious than that. Sean, have you ever been a part of a game where one of your teammates went down like that? Not in that, not in that fashion. Um, we I've I've been in been in games where you know either my teammate or an opponent um, has has gone down just from a big hit or from an injury. Um, I know just me you know myself. I've been in games where uh, I ended up tearing my Achilles in one in, in a game, and so I've I've been down and I've also seen team you know teammates down, and obviously you know everyone is you know hoping for the best and. You know the stadium goes silent. You know your your teammates are are silent. Everyone just wants to know that you're okay, and usually that you can get up. And you know a lot of things that your fans and teammates love to see is you know maybe when you're you're getting carried off or you're walking off is to throw a thumbs up. And so obviously in this situation, you know that that didn't take place. And so um, it was it was it was just tough to see. And even just having some friends at that game, I'm sure it, it was it was tough for them to even watch and be a part of that the atmosphere. Cleveland's own Notre Dame grad Sean Crawford on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline breaking down the DeMar Hamlin 
uh, situation, reacting to that as well. In terms of how, uh, I, I don't want to just say the NFL, but in terms of how all parties have handled it, including the NFL, are there any changes that you'd like to see based off of kind of how we saw things go from the moment DeMar uh, went down to, you know, even the decision to postpone the game, even, you know, the NFL's announcement today that, you know, they haven't put uh, kind of a mm -hmm. reigniting that game or replaying that game on the, on the schedule. Mm -hmm. Well, I think just, you know, first from um, just the incident taking place and I, I want to say, from what we saw and, you know, what, what we know now, I would say the training staff and just the teams, you know, handled everything in the best way they could. Um, I was watching ESPN today and they were talking about the training staff going over scenarios in the off season and um, having to be prepared for things like this. And so uh, I would say, you know, being in that situation, being in that stadium is probably one of the best places you could be um, for that to happen to you, just with the opportunity of immediate response and just the staff that's on board. And so I would say from that standpoint and from, you know, players getting around them and, you know, blocking it and then also, um, you know, ESPN not replaying the play over and over again, I thought from that aspect it was, you know, I think everything was handled correctly. And then even um, I know they gave, the you know, the teams the five minutes, but the coaches, you know, meeting at center field or wherever they met and coming to an agreement that, you know, it wasn't in the best interest for the players to come back out there and, it was it's it's hard to you know to to get back out there and to get back in that mode because you know a lot of you know a lot of people don't understand and maybe if you haven't played before but there's a, a certain mentality that you have to get into um when you step on the field and so you're you're stepping on the field and you know trying to trying to be um vicious trying to be violent and so when you see some something like that happens like everything's you know i, I think everything sits you know it is reality and and it comes in a place that like our friend, our brother, someone that we go to work with every single day is on the field. Um, we don't know what's going on. We don't know if he's okay. So getting back into that mode to, to, to go out there and compete and run and hit again is was going to be very tough. And so I think they did a great job of, you know, suspending the game for, you know, however long they did and letting the players go back in the locker room and, you know, consult with, you know, the, their loved ones and, people that they're most comfortable with and things in that situation. And at the end of the day, I don't think you can argue with the NFL decision on, you know, canceling the game completely. And then also um, canceling the game this week, because like I said before, like a lot of people, um, the people in, in the Buffalo Bills locker room know probably DeMar uh, Hamlin to a different degree than we'll ever know. Because, you know, when you're going through training in the off season and you're going through training throughout the season, you're, you're, you're on flights and you're traveling together and, you're working out together and see all these things. You've experienced a different um, element of Demar that you know the outside people may haven't seen. And so when you when you see your brother like that laying on the ground and you don't know the outcome, you don't know if he's okay. There's a lot more things that they're worried about than you know trying to get that win and to play in the game. So at the end of the day, I think the NFL did a great job. I think Buffalo and the Bengals did a great job. And you know ultimately, I think everyone around just the sports and people who aren't even involved in sports are, are weighing in and um, wanting to take a, a deeper look at this and, you know, be involved and pray and help out in any way they could. 
Sean, uh, there's been a lot of speculation about you know the the NFL canceling availability for players today and that kind of buying some time to decide what to do with Week 18. Would you like to see the NFL, or do you think it's right that the NFL pushes back uh, Week 18 at least a week to give uh, players a, a chance to kind of deal with what happened last night? No, I I honestly. I think it would. I think that would help the players um, definitely. But I do, you know, understand that the NFL is a business, and I'm sure um, that may hurt, you know, the scheduling as far as playoffs, even the Super Bowl and Pro Bowl and and all those things. So I think you know they'll have to take all that into all, all that into consideration because I'm sure they're on a tight, you know, time schedule to where um, I'm, they don't plan. For, I'm sure they don't plan for things like this, and so. Uh, I think it'll be in the best player's interest to, you know, move things back. But from a business um, aspect, I'm not sure if they could. I haven't, you know, looked into it that deep enough. But um, at the end of the day, I, I hope they do what's best for the players because, I, again, I do think they'll need time. Um, you know, players definitely involved in this game will need time. Players who are who are close to DeMar, his family, um, just, you know, the football world, the sports world, I think we're all going to need some time because we – at the end of the day, we understand that, you know, they're, what they're going out there to do is they're playing a game, and no one ever expects to lose their life, you know, playing a game and playing a game that they love. And so um, I think it's a shock, and it's I think we're just going to have – it's going to be some time. Everyone's going to have to take some time just to adapt to this and, you know, and decide on what we should do moving forward. Sean, let's uh, shift gears a little bit here and talk a little college football. We did have a great weekend of mm-hmm. uh, the college slate, including the, the college football playoff. I'll start there. Uh, did did the committee get it right? Did they have the best four teams in, in the college football playoff? I was excited. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I was. Uh, I think they got the the best four teams right, and I think they got the uh, um, the order right as well because I think we got the from you know from my knowledge the best. Uh, games that we've gotten so far just as a whole with, you know, one verse four and two verse three. Um, and obviously I did not think TCU would pull it, pull it out, to be honest. Um, and so obviously the way that game went and it was, it was exciting all the way down to the end. And then the Ohio State game, I didn't think Ohio State would pull it out. But again, that was, that came down to a last second field goal. And so just seeing these guys compete and seeing where, um, you know, college football is going, and also, you know, in in, in the next coming years, you're going to have the 12 team playoffs. You see a team like a Tulane, you see a team like USC, um, Alabama, those teams who you play well and perform well, and then now they'll also get an opportunity to play for the national championship as well in the coming years. Sean, was Ohio State Georgia the de facto national title game? I think I think so. Sadly, I think so. Um, but I was wrong about TCU before, so hopefully I'm wrong again. And they come out and compete. Um, they, I think they, I think they're prepared. They played a, a a hell of a schedule this season, playing in the Big Twelve. It was competitive all season, so I think they're ready. I think they're ready for, um, you know, the big atmosphere. They they've clearly showed that they can stop the run um, against Michigan, and so I think it'll be an exciting game. But the way, you know, CJ Stroud played and Marvin Harrison Jr. played and the rest of that offense on Ohio State, they really showed up. I mean, I, I mean, you could say that was a team that we, as fans, haven't seen, you know, the past two years. And they, then they, I feel like they heard the noise. They heard all the critics. And they were coming out to prove a point. And, you know, sadly, they ended up on the wrong side of things. But 
that game was very exciting. I don't like Stetson Bennett played his butt off, and it, it was just it was an amazing game to see for sure. All right, Sean, I'm going to give you the impossible question. The Houston Texans face week, uh, not week one, but in the draft this year. You've got the number one pick. I make you the GM of an NFL franchise. <laughs> Who are you taking with that number one pick, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? I'm going to take Bryce Young. Um, C.J. CJ made it. He did He did make it very hard. Um, and the, the, I think the only reason that I would take uh, Bryce is because of just consistency. Um, CJ showed that he can do that, and it's just how long you know does it take for him to to get into that mode to to become that type of player. But whereas for Bryce, um, I got to you know obviously got to see him last year against Georgia twice. Um, got to see him this year in some big games as well. And so um, not playing with a great group of receivers like he or like CJ has had the past two years. Um, I think Bryce has continued to, to to make the throws this year, continue to put up the, the you know the stats, and um, just be consistent overall. But to be honest, if you're a Texans, they could they could use both. <laughs> I don't think they can go wrong either one. But I w- I personally would take uh, just Bryce over him. Follow this young man. I, I don't know why I said young man. Um, I follow Sean on Twitter at Sean because he's, he's younger than you. <laughs> yeah, not, a lot of people are at Sean Croft twenty. And uh, check out the Varsity House podcast. Sean, great stuff, man. Really do appreciate you, bud. Yeah, no, thank you. Appreciate you guys. Given that the uh, the Browns and Steelers are playing for – I mean, if you're the Browns, you're playing for the, the right to spoil here. If you're the Steelers, you're playing for the hope of a playoff spot, right? What was what was the line they've got? The the Jets have to beat the Dolphins, and there's one other thing that has to happen. And if, that, if those two things happen and the Steelers win – the Steelers are in. How, how pissed? No, no, no. I won't ask you. I will be pissed if the Steelers are in the playoffs this year because it will just prove that if all the Browns did was beat the Saints, they would have been in. Yeah, or beat the Jets. Or beat the Falcons. Or beat, beat the, the Chargers. Chargers. Or beat the Ravens the first time. Yeah. I mean, the Dolphins game was a lost cause. That was just yeah, a, we're just that was just throw an that one out. old school ass whooping. So was the Bill. I mean, the but Bills game was so closer. Many, there's so many games they just blew this year. It's it's. Let's be honest, Nick. This team does not deserve to be in the playoffs. No, they don't, and that's fair. And that's and you know, like when we were going to the Bengals game, I wasn't there yet because there was so much time left. Right? It was just take care of what you can control. It's honestly, it's the same thing I felt in the Saints game. I didn't care about the playoff odds. I just yeah. wanted to see this team play. I hear you. As if the playoffs were on the line. And like from the bye week, the playoffs were on the line. And every time the Browns needed an answer, every time they needed a win, they need to show up. It felt like every time they didn't need to show up, they showed up this year. And it, it, like the Bengals game. After that Ravens game, we were all like, well, I guess the season's over. And, uh, I, you know, bleep us, I guess. And then they went out and pants the Bengals on national television. It's just funny. Like, I look at other teams that are vying for the playoffs this weekend that had, really, they had to have a lot of things go their way, right? Pittsburgh's one team. Okay. Green Bay's another team. Thank you, Cleveland. The Lions. Are t- like the, Those teams, I feel like, have, have earned the right to at least even be in the conversation. The Browns haven't given them themselves, themselves that chance. It's felt like the year of excuses, which is saying something because last year felt like a lot of excuses too. Mm-hmm. 
well, the defense started slow. Well, this injury. Well, Baker isn't good enough. Well, you know, it, it, it's just felt like two years. And you know what? That's probably what annoys me more than anything. It's not the losing. Uh, and on some level, it's not even me questioning on any given week whether this team is likable, whether this team is worthy of your and my support and everybody out there. So listen, no, no, it's, not, it's not even about those things. It really gets back into the idea of this team, this organization has more excuses than they do results. And I just, it's so weird because we're coming off the Washington win. Did anybody feel like the the spoiler to Washington? Did that give any, was that silver lining? Did that touch anything to any, because no. it didn't work for me. Not for me. This weekend's different. This weekend, it's 100% different. If you can, and and I think back to, we, we've we mentioned a few times that the station at large has mentioned the Mangini year. Mm. Um, I thought one of the feather in the caps of Mangini back in 09 was your first win of your final four games that you won out to to finish out the season, five and 11. The the biggest feather in the cap is you, you knocked Pittsburgh out of the playoffs with that Thursday night football win in sub-zero temperatures. So this, I'm I'm assuming, get to eight and nine, knock out the Steelers. Yeah, okay. It's it's not a playoff spot. It's not Deshaun looking like vintage Deshaun, but at least it's something. But I I actually was thinking of a question. Given that it looks like the Steelers are playing something and you're not, and it's not just it. You know, it's not just that they're playing for the playoffs and you're not. They're playing to preserve the streak of not having a losing season under Mike Tomlin. But, like, Dusty, can you blame the Browns for not being the Steelers yet? Can I blame the Browns for not being the Steelers yet? Yes, and I'm not talking about Haslam or Paul DiPodesta. You're talking about, like, just just their culture and what they do? Yeah, yeah. Um, Can I blame the Browns? Uh, Well, it's been been a, a decade. And they haven't gotten it right. See, I was more thinking, I'm I'm willing to give Jimmy Haslam a lot of false starts. And believe me, there were a lot of false starts. But like, from 2020 on, are you willing to give the Browns, I don't want to say a pass, because nobody has given them a pass. It's so funny, because every once in a while I'll see a tweet, and it's like, well, Nick Wilson's going to say nice things about Kevin Stefanski this week. I've, I've flipped my lid since the Bengals game on Kevin Stefanski. Like, I think sometimes people just want to be angry at anybody tangibly associated with the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Dustin used to work for the Cleveland Browns. This is all your fault! It's all my fault. Like, uh, Nick, you went to a couple Browns games in your life. Why the hell you doing this, Nick? I can't. I can't. This... This regime, and I'm going to start with Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski. This regime was given the best leg up that any regime has gotten since 1999. Chris Palmer, what was it? 1 in 15, 2 in 14. That was his first year. That walking into an expansion franchise. I think Butch Davis went 7 and 9 in his first year. A decent year. Romeo, year one of a rebuild. Eric Mangini tore down the team himself. Shermer. Walked into a team that was uh, a year into having the cupboards completely bare. Like no, no quarterback or no head coach or 
or GM has walked into the situation these guys walked into. And it's less about did you use the assets right? Because for every for every move you don't like, I can show you an Amari Cooper. I can show you a move that was either really intelligent or has at least somewhat worked out. Even the draft. Like, okay, maybe we don't have a bunch of pro bowlers from Andrew Barry. There aren't a lot of guys that I look at and say out and out or flat out busts. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's not about Andrew Barry. You won 11 games in your first year. And you've done, I don't want to say nothing, but you have not advanced the program at all since then. And you, and, and to me, it is about culture. Because last year, even with Sullen Baker, with, with Pouty Baker, with all that crap that was going on, if you've got a good culture, you can win in spite of a Pouty quarterback. If you've got a good culture, you can win and go to the playoffs in spite of a dodgy defense for the first six games, seven games, eight games of the year. This year's no different. Plenty of teams had backups. Plenty of teams uh, had uncertainty at key positions or didn't have good enough defensive tackles. And at just three years in, my biggest doubt of Stefanski is, is he a leader, right? Can he truly lead NFL players, lead men? You can be the best player offensive coordinator you want dusty you if you can't get these guys motivated to play hard as hell and and not just motivated to play play as a team it doesn't matter how good of a play caller you are and so three years in i'm asking where the culture wins is beating uh carson wentz in week 17 is that a culture win is beating the Ravens with Tyler Huntley and beating him 13-3. to Is that a culture win? The Texans game in Deshaun's first game back? What, the Buccaneers game? Where, where like, I don't, you, you either beat a team that was completely floundering or you beat a team that wasn't any good. Flat out ass. Those are the teams you've beaten. And so it does feel a little bit like the end of the season here is fool's gold. And I just want to know, like, if you're the Browns, how come three years in? And and listen, it might not be 50 years. It might not be from Chuck Noll to Mike Tomlin. There are other teams that have been constructed in a shorter time period than that, that w- where, the, uh, where the teams or the organizations have faltered like the Browns have. And they didn't have 11 wins two years ago. And here we are going on the third year, next year will be the third year since your yeah. playoff year, where's the culture? Where's the change? Because the culture I see, and I don't want to go too hard on this, the culture I see is excuses, it's arrogance, it's looking down your nose, and by the way, this is not just that locker room. It's why I. It's why sometimes I don't come in here and just say, trade Miles and cut Nick Chubb. And, uh, I'd never say that. Anyways. Never would say that. But, that like, yeah, yeah. but like, fire Jedrick Wills into the sun. Okay, are we going to take one of the front office members with him? Are we going to we going to tie a Haslam family member to, to Jedrick Wills' pinky toe as we're firing into the sun? Like, I just, it's, it's befuddling to me that this organization took an 11-win season and has done predominantly nothing since that moment. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're in a position where we just have to hope that Deshaun Watson's going to be the savior and he's going to carry us to the the promised land, hopefully. 
And and I don't know that, you know, with 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 this staff and with this roster, is it going to happen? Is he going to all of a sudden revert back to the player that he once was in 2020? I mean, that's what we're banking on. I don't think that this is the right coaching staff to to change the culture. I don't. You and I talk about this all the time. Like you and I have 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 a bit of a um man crush on on like Mike Rabel, mm-hmm. you know, and guys He's got like a that. great jawline, dude. I mean, just like who would want to play for that guy? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they have to have a Mike Rabel to be their coach, but they need something more along those lines. 216-578-0092. Uh, Xavier P. saying, I'm give Browns a break guy. I love Jimmy. He hires guys that seem right, and he fired them when dysfunction appears. These guys are on the same page and aren't backstabbing, so they're going to get five years. I think it's an assumption that they're all on the same page. I think just because reports aren't leaking out that there's massive infighting, don't think there is intention in that organization and don't think that there aren't guys who feel like they're not being empowered. That doesn't mean there is dysfunction, by the way. Could just be wear and tear of losing. And they're not losing the way they were losing. They're still not winning enough. Guys, the question is, can you blame the Browns for not being the Steelers? This iteration from 2020 on, can you blame the Browns for not being the Steelers yet? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.